that the church say amen. Here we stand here again, preaching to all of y'all. and uh, You all need to understand that uh, I've been doing this long enough that I know where everybody sits. So although you're at home, I'm looking at you where you sit. I'm, I, I know your seat, so I'm, when I look at you, I'm looking at where you sit now. If, if you're not in your place enough for me to know where you sit, we got a problem. <laughs> and now we realize the importance of being in place and being in the right place because although we are disconnected physically, I thank God that there's still this spiritual connection and I'm glad that we're all together again here on this wonderful worship morning. I want to call your attention this morning to the book of 1 Corinthians. <clears throat> the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. First Corinthians chapter 11. I would that you would consider me for our reading, beginning with verse 23. Now, at home, since we've got this time in our hands, I want you also uh, to take a look at uh, this same story in Matthew uh, that talks about the Lord's Supper. But for today, this morning, I want us to Consider, consider 1 Corinthians 11, beginning with verse 23. And there you find these words. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus, the same night which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Do this ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death until he comes. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Amen. I want just for a few moments on this communion day here at Salem, I want to talk about the beauty and the benefit of the Lord's Supper. And as we go through, you're going to learn and you're going to see 
that that is beauty and that is benefit where, where, wherever we are. So right now, let me go ahead and free you from worrying about not being here at this table. Wherever you are, wherever the children of God are, I want you to know that we celebrate what Jesus has done on Calvary. One of the most important celebrations in Jewish history, even to this day, is the feast of the Passover. This is that time when, when they and when really the world pauses to celebrate what God did for their forefathers while they were enslaved in Egypt. And just to refresh your memory, just to refresh your memory, children of God, the children of Israel, you remember, they were in bondage in Egypt. And God has sent his chosen leader, Moses, to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Pharaoh refused. He refused to let the people go. God began to send plagues on Egypt. Water turned to blood. The land was infested with frogs, lice, and, and this was just a few of the plagues. But none of the things that God did, nothing that God did changed Pharaoh's mind. But in Exodus 12, God strikes his final blow. God sends death. He sends death. And listen to his instructions to the children of Israel. Now, death is coming to the firstborn. But he says to the children of Israel, I want you, verse 3 there in that book, take a lamb from each house. Then he says that lamb is to be slaughtered and eaten in the household. And if that's too much for this household, share it with neighboring households. Then the other instruction says, now follow the instructions and you will see that your lamb is to be a young lamb and that is to be a lamb without a blemish. Then he says, now the blood of the lamb, the blood of the lamb that you slaughter is to be placed on the doorpost wherever there is a, a child of God, wherever the meal is being eaten, take the blood. Put it on the doorposts, at the top of the door and on the sides of the door. Said to Moses now and to Aaron, he says, now, what's going to happen is, because of Pharaoh and because of his hard-heartedness, tonight I will pass through the land of Egypt and smite the firstborn of Egypt both man and beast, and against, yet all against the gods of Egypt. But I'm coming through, and this is the statement I want to get to. Verse 13 there in that book says, but when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. God did pass. He passed through. The firstborn of every household perished whose house was not marked in the blood of the lamb. 
And as a result, as a result, as a result of what happened, as a result of losing so much life, the Egyptians were terrified. Pharaoh gave the children of Israel their freedom. Verse 14, there in that same book, in the book of, uh, uh, of Exodus, it says that God said to them that this day shall be unto thee a memorial. Because of what you just saw, because of what is this day will be a day, a memorial, and you shall keep the feast of the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast and an ordinance forever. Don't ever forget what I just did. That's what he's saying. He's saying to the children, don't ever forget this night that you were saved, this night that because of the blood on your doorposts, don't ever forget that you were saved that night. You were saved from death. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I, I, I don't even know whether they did it or not, but, 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 but even those Jews, they would have been in order to sing. They would have been in order to sing what we used to sing. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood that saved me. Man was slain. After this thing happened, we began to realize now as we study Christianity, we see that this was merely a shadow and a type of what we celebrate right now. We celebrate now in the church now. We do the same celebrate, but we celebrate Christ as that Passover lamb. Look at it, look at it. The lamb was to be killed, his blood was to be applied, and those behind the blood would live. This is the annual celebration that Paul is referring to. He's He's referring to when Paul gets there, this is the celebration, this Passover celebration. This is what he is referring to in 1 Corinthians. He's speaking, he's speaking of that night when Jesus went, just like all good Jews, he went to celebrate the Passover. And they're celebrating what God had done for the children of Israel. He's there, he's got his disciples all around him as recorded by Matthew. But the night, this night, they were celebrating there in that room. Jesus took the Passover meal, and, 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 and that, that night, they were doing it like they always did it. But Jesus took it to another level. He took it to a whole new purpose. Paul refers back to Matthew's account. He says that they were finishing up the Passover, and Jesus took bread. And after giving thanks, after giving thanks that night, he, he, he gave thanks, he, he break it, and he began to pass it out to his disciples. And as he passed it out to them, he said something different this time. He, he said, this is my body. Are you hearing this? He, he does it a little different this time. He passes it out, breaks it, passes out, said, this is my body. Then he looks up, he took the cup, according to the word of God, he blessed it, did something else different. He says, now this is my blood. It's my blood, the blood of the New Testament, 
which is shed for many for the remission of sin. You see the difference here? He's taking this thing to another level. We're still, we're still doing what we've always done, but tonight there's a new meaning. This is my body. This is my blood. Paul here, 1 Corinthians, is repeating the words of Jesus to give us instructions as to how we are to follow the ordinance that Jesus gave us that night. He's given us instructions. And I want you to know that Paul does not give us instructions when you read it here. He doesn't give us instructions as to when to do it. He doesn't give us instructions as to how often we ought to do it. Matter of fact, he doesn't even give us instruction as to where to do it. You ain't got to be around this table. Somebody will say, thank God, you can do it at your house. He, he doesn't give us instructions about any of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't say once a month. Doesn't say once a quarter. He doesn't even say first Sunday. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he doesn't say where to do it. You can do it at a wedding. Do it at a funeral. Didn't say. He doesn't talk about the schedule or the place. But he does want us to be clear about the purpose. Are y'all hearing me? He wants us to know beyond the shadow of doubt why we do what we do. Listen to what he says. He says, as often as you do it, get the purpose right now, get the purpose right. As often as you do it, I want you to do it in remembrance of me. Y'all hear me? He says, when we come around this table, when we come yeah, to the table, when we come to this celebration, it's all about Jesus. But in his instructions to Paul, he gives us three things. He gives us three things that we right here out of the word of God. Says that when we come together, I want this to be a time. He says, I want you to look back. I want you to look ahead. And I want you to look within. It's right there in the text. I want you to look back. I want you to look ahead. And I want you to look within. Look at it. Look at it. First of all, he says, when you come to this celebration, I want you to look back. I want you to look. Back. Every time we come to this celebration, he means for this to take us back to what Jesus did on the cross. Every time, every time, wherever you are, when you go into this celebration, you ought to think about what Jesus did back yonder on the cross. The bread is to remind us of his body that was broken for us, and the wine is to remind us of the blood that he shed for us. Jesus wants his followers to remember his death. It's sort of amazing because really in the life we live, where we are now, we, we, we really try to forget how folk died. But Jesus says to us, I want you to remember my death. I want you to remember how I died. Why? 
Because all of the hope that we have as Christians centers around his death. Are y'all hearing me? The reason why I want you to remember that I died is because I hope centers around. Are y'all hearing me? It is not a pretty picture, but it is part of the gospel message. It's wonderful as as his life was, as, long, as wonderful as the life of Jesus was, his life didn't save us. As wonderful as his teaching was, his teaching didn't save us. But when he died, y'all ain't hearing me, he, he had to die, had to die for our sins. Second, second, he says, when you come to this celebration, I want you to look ahead. It's right there in the text. It says, yeah, yeah, we, we, we ought, yeah, yeah, to, to, to look ahead. It says, until he comes. Are y'all hearing me? So we're looking back, but when he says, until he comes, he, he's saying we ought to look ahead also. See, somewhere. In every Christian's mind, there ought to be always be a reminder somewhere. You don't ever let this get out of your mind. Always be a reminder that Jesus is coming back. Y'all hearing me? Every child of God somehow ought to hold it somewhere in the back of his head and his heart. Jesus is coming back just like he ascended into the heavens. The Bible says that he's coming back in like the first time he came, he came that men might believe. But when he comes again, he's coming for those who did believe. He is coming back. Another song they used to sing when I was a child was be ready. Be ready when he comes. Be ready when he comes. He's coming again so soon. But then, lastly, Paul tells us that when we come to the table when we come to this celebration says not only do you look back not only do you look ahead he says it's a time for looking within it's right there in the book he says when we come we ought not drink eat and drink unworthily not eat and drink unworthily look at it he says right out of the book he says so so for this cause, let a man examine himself. Are y'all hearing me? Let a man examine himself. Let me say it again for effect. Let a man examine himself. Let me just throw this in. That's enough for you to examine. That's enough. You don't have to be trying to check nobody else out. It ought to take all your time to examine Self, no need to look around at what anybody else is doing. This is a time for self-examination. And as we examine ourselves, don't get thrown off by the word worthy. I'm going to help somebody here. Don't get thrown off by the word worthy. Do you all remember when I was a child, they used to use that word? And they'd have you almost scared to take communion. Y'all remember them times? 
that was they put a fear in you about even taking communion. They yeah, they 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 they, they use that word in a in, in such a way you need to be worthy. You need to be worthy. But don't be thrown off by that word. Paul didn't say uh that that he, when he talks about he yeah, and this is the beauty of the benefit of the Lord's Supper. Look at first Corinthians eleven and twenty-three. Yeah, one of the most important celebrations here. He's talking about the Passover, and he's trying to refresh our memory. But I want you to understand that Paul is not talking about yeah, the word that as you and I are talking about. He wants us to look, and as we look at it, what he desires is an attitude. He's talking about an attitude, and when he talks about how we ought to take it, he's talking about our attitude as we take or we partake of this meal. So we look back, we look back, we look ahead, but then we look within. Don't do it unrelated. Yeah. So for this cause, let a man examine himself. Let a man examine himself. And again, let's look at it. Paul is talking about, when he talks about, yeah, this worthy thing, Paul didn't say you had to be worthy because the truth of the matter is none of us are worthy. Are y'all hearing this? I want to make sure we take our time with this. Paul didn't say it. Paul didn't say you got to be worthy. None of us are worthy of his body and his blood. None of us are worthy of the body and blood, but Paul is talking about the manner that you take it, you ought to take it in a worthy manner. If you do this, you take it as you take it this morning. You ought to take it in a worthy manner. You see, some, the way some folk come before God, the way some folk act when they show up at church, the way they sit with their heads up and their nose in the air, you wonder, what did Jesus die for? Sometimes you wonder the way folk act and the way they think about themselves. You think Jesus died for nothing. They come as if they got it all together, as if they have no sins at all, never done anything wrong. The question is, what then did Jesus die for? But a worthy manner, a worthy manner, the worthy, this is, this is how you do it. This is the way you keep from being unworthy. A worthy manner is a manner that does a self-examination. It's a manner that examines self. And, 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 and that's, that's the beauty of examining yourself. You ain't got to tell your neighbor. You ain't got to tell nobody. You just examine yourself. And if you're doing it yourself, it's between you and God. And when you can't be honest with nobody else, you examine yourself. You can be honest with God. So in a word, the manner is to confess, to go to God, just you and him, just you and God, and say, Lord, I thank you for saving me, but I still got a long way to go. This is, the, this is self-examination. Lord, you can be honest with him. You ain't going to fool him no how. Lord, I, 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 I thank you for saving me, but I still got a long way to go. Got a long way to go to be what you want me to be. 
Got a long way to go to walk like you want me to walk. Got a long way to go to talk like you want me to talk. But God, I thank you for loving me in spite of all of that. That's self. That's in a worthy manner. A worthy manner to go before God in a worthy manner is to say I'm still struggling. Still struggle with sin. I'm still struggling, but because of this table, because of this celebration, I I know what to do with my sin. Because of this celebration, because of what you did on Calvary, because of your, your body that was given and your blood that was shed, I know what to do with sin. What can wash away my sin? What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The blood that Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary. The blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never, never lose its None of us looked at a world standard that if, if sin would stop us, none of us would ever come to this table. None of us would ever celebrate this. None of us are worthy, but thank God for the blood. Are y'all hearing me? Thank God for the blood of Jesus. I am so wondrously saved from sin. Jesus so sweetly died within. There at the cross where he took me in. Glory, glory to his name. Come to this fountain so rich and so sweet. Cast thou poor soul at the Savior's feet. Plunge in today and be made complete. Glory to His name. Oh, there. 
his name. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this moment. We thank you, dear God, for life. We thank you for health. We thank you for strength. We thank you, dear God, for yet another opportunity to celebrate with you. Not only at this table, but even in our homes and wherever we find ourselves, we celebrate today. And we celebrate today because of your goodness and your mercy. We look back and we see what it is that you did for us on Calvary's cross. We look forward, dear God, and we know that you're coming back together on. But Father, now we look within. And as we look within, dear Father, we realize we've got a long way to go. We realize, dear God, and we thank you that we are better than what we used to be. But Father, we acknowledge our sin. We acknowledge, dear God, that we are not what we ought to be. But Father, we thank you that. We thank you, though, for your shed blood. And thank you, dear God, because you died on the cross to wash our sins away. Father, we just come to say thank you. We come in a spirit of celebration, saying thank you for what you did. And all you did, dear God, we give you all the praise, all the glory, and all of the honor for it. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to his name. Oh, that to my heart was a blood of life singing glory to his name. I am so wondrously. I am so wondrously saved from sin. Jesus so sweetly abides within there at the cross where he took me in. Glory to his name. I'm singing glory to Here. 
teaches us that on the night before Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And after giving thanks, he says, this is my body. This is my body. Take and eat. After which, he took the cup, says, this is the New Testament in my blood. Take and drink ye all of it. And then it says, as often as you do this, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. And it is in this period that even in this time, we learn even another lesson. There's so much more to fellowship than shaking hands. <laughs> There's so much more to fellowship than hugging on each other. We're still in fellowship with each other. There is still that bind. And there is a song that says, Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. Fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. So this thing is bigger than just us. As we fellowship, we're fellowship in kindred minds. And that, that, that kindred mind here is the same mind as those above who have gone on. So we thank God for this period of fellowship. We just thank God for each other. Now, you're at home and you're with family. You've been closed in with them for all this time. You can go ahead and hug anybody you want to. <laughs> We're in a different setting here. And I just want everybody up in here, those, those ten folk, <laughs> those ten folk, those folk who are allowed to be here. And I want to thank you. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you so much for continually coming so that we can continue to flee, feed our flock. God bless you all. And God keep you is our prayer. Everybody, lift your voices. We're going to sing, what a fellowship. What a joy divine. Leaning on the everlasting arms. Come on. Yeah, that's it, that's it. What a fellowship. Sing now. What a fellowship. What a joy divine. Leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness. What is mine leaning on the everlasting oh yes I'm leaning leaning and secure from all along I'm leaning on with you all until we meet again.
of God, sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us now, henceforth, and forevermore, let us all say, Amen, Amen, Please stay tuned for further instructions. God bless you. God keep you. There are several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal. Via the Givelify app. By mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia, 30048. Or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.